0: the CEO of OH Partners, Scott
1: Harkey. All right, welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where, as you know, we tell the untold stories of world changing brand campaigns as told by marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. Joining us is Seth Streeter, who is the founder and chief impact officer at Mission Wealth, which is a nationally recognized wealth management company overseeing more than $5 billion in assets for clients all across the U.S. The company's vision is to provide caring advice that empowers people to realize true wealth. Seth and I yesterday talked about redefining wealth across these 11 dimensions of life. They really found a way to add kind of this service offering that was truly unique in their space and it was actually changing people's lives. Lives, not just managing their money. And that's one of the big reasons for their growth. But today, let's dive more into using business as a force for good. And we've all heard about companies and brands that, that are trying to do this, but it, it has to be authentic. So let's dive more into my conversation here with Seth Streeter. He's, the, again, the founder and chief impact officer at Mission Wealth. All right, brother, we're back. Hey, Scott. Where do we start? Because you know, you and I can kind of go anywhere. We, we know each other way too well. What do you think we should start with today, bud? I'm gonna put it back on you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think from a company standpoint, I just love to invite all businesses to think about how they can be a force for good because we have so much opportunity through our teams, through our clients, our customers, through the communities we serve to really make an impact. And by making an impact, it also differentiates your brand. So it's clearly good for business. It's good for the community. It's good for the soul. And you know, we've implemented a ton of different impact initiatives, which is an area I'm super passionate about. And some of them are the traditional, hey, we get our team together, and we go volunteer, we do beach cleanups, we go to food banks, uh, we do retreats every year and we always have volunteer components there. We also have built out a mission scholars program where we're giving out uh, scholarships to underrepresented community members to be able to get their certified financial planner designation. And so we're helping give people education to be able to grow and create more diversity within our industry. And we love kind of creating community building programs. So it's not just about giving a check to the the nonprofit gala and going to the chicken dinner. It's about saying, how can we use our reach to bring different companies, nonprofits, uh, public sector agencies together to create good? And so I would just invite all your listeners to think creatively about how they can leverage their goodwill capital, the people they know, their artistic capital or creative capital, their artistic mindset And then their intellectual capital, like what could actually work and combine these assets and deploy them for good. And so we have a number of examples where we've done that, where we've brought people together. One, I had 10 companies invite their top 50 clients. So this was an auto dealership. This was a bank. This was a law firm, an accounting firm, our wealth management firm. And we found a nonprofit that had this amazing property. It was a land trust and they said, our, our challenge is people don't know about this 800 acre watershed resource we have. That's this amazing gem, but no one knows about it. I said, why don't we bring three, four hundred people to that meadow in the middle of nowhere, do a client appreciation event, and then we'll have uh, plein air painters painting and then donate the proceeds to the land trust. We'll have the ability for these companies to bond with their top clients and then for them to kind of cross connect with the other companies' clients. And so that was an example where we brought 10 disparate companies together to a special place, created a special environment where we had live music, we had an amazing meal, we had docent-led hikes, we had these painters, we had tours of an old Adobe where outlaws used to live. It was an epic experience that we were able to just connect the dots and use our relationships and be able to create an amazing experience for our clients that they will never forget. And also for these other partners of ours and their customers or clients and build kind of bonding moments from that. So we have ways to be creative by bringing people together. So I would invite people to think about community building versus just check giving.
1: Okay, I'm hearing what you're saying. And of course, I love it. But maybe as a marketer sometimes or as a CEO, like that kind of sounds daunting. I love how you put an emphasis on collaborations. I I do think that's a, a missed opportunity for a lot of businesses that we don't think about how we can bring more collaborations and partners together. So I know you've mentioned that a number of times on this podcast already. So i definitely taken a little note there. But how do we get started? And I know you had kind of a guy come in and talk to our YPO forum that, that was really fascinating. Like, where does a company start? I mean, everyone knows cause marketing is effective and doing community events are effective. And there's just even me, like I'm in marketing, I get like, it's daunting. Like, And so sometimes you just write a check to your favorite charity at times. And you know, at our company, we have a thing called OH Cares and it's a committee and And, and we're similar to maybe you. We're partnering with organizations. We're, we're building shelters. We're building little community libraries. Like we, we do something every quarter and it's time, talent and treasure and partnership. But like, how does a company get started? Okay. No, I want to make a difference as a brand. I want to do good as a company. Like, how would you recommend somebody to like, just get started and get the ball rolling? Right.
2: I think two things you can first take inventory of the organizations or causes that your team is already passionate about, maybe in their personal life. And then you can bring those up you know, to the team, put them on a list and, and say, which ones do we want to help support uh, in a broader effort? Another a way to kind of put action to it is to do a values exercise. You have a list of 30 values and near you your team, circle your top three values. And there's a a cool technology called Easy Retroboard where you can do it all digitally. Everyone downloads this app. All those values go on the screen and you can see crowdsource. Hey, here's where your 300 employees found these top three values, the most top of mind. So we did that. And, you know, being kind of passionate about environmental stewardship was one of our top values. So we became a certified green business because we said this is something our team believes in. Let's become a certified green business and walk the walk in that way. So I think a values exercise is really cool. And it's a fun kind of uh, icebreaker exercise for your team. You can do it at a retreat. You can do it at just a team meeting. And then you start to get the values that, that they connect with. And then you start to find organizations or ways to give back associated with those values.
1: Oh, okay. That's a great co-creation. Can you say the name of that app again? That sounds awesome. What was it again, Seth? It's called Easy Retroboard. Easy Retroboard. That's the first time I've heard that exercise and that even app. I think what I've learned and mistakes I've made is pushing certain things that are maybe close to my heart and getting the team's buy-in. Now the OH Cares Committee tells me what we're doing and what people want to do. But boy, to start, I love the values exercise with, some, with an app to help you.
2: Holy shit, That I don't know why I didn't think about that for visioning easy retroboard is also amazing so you want to get buy into the company vision so we had a retreat in Austin and I had 85 people there and I put up six categories that would impact the company over the next 5 years here's our people here's our technology here's our service approach here's our impact here's our culture and I said where do we need to be 5 years to be truly thriving as a company and I gave everyone two minutes for each category. So everyone's on their phones quickly putting in what they believe we need to do with people, with culture, with technology. And then we had like 80 ideas on the list. And I said, okay, everyone together, let's consolidate them. So those 80 ideas we dropped down to 50 and then everyone got three votes. So live in front of our 85 people, people got three votes and instantly on the, on the big screen, you saw those ideas get narrowed down to the top five. And so we did that across these different dimensions with the easy retro board. And then we were able to say, great, these are the co-created top five ideas we have across these different dimensions of our company. And it was a way for people to feel heard, to feel like they were able to contribute, even if they were just a brand new employee, uh, someone on the admin team, they still got a vote and a voice. And we were able to then say, great, we're going to go ahead and implement a bunch of these. And so helping your team help create the vision drives engagement and, of course, builds buy-in. I'm going to say this. Three
1: times. Easy retro board, easy retro board, easy retro board. And I like how the buy-in should be like a a democracy. A lot of times, I think marketing people's biggest mistake is they think it's a dictatorship around marketing initiatives and then you get no internal buy-in. If you can't internally get your team to buy-in on what you're taking to the marketplace and what causes and partnerships you're going to have, how the hell are you going to convince other people? And especially in a sales-driven organization like financial planning, and financial services, holy shit, your internal team better be so freaking fired up and know exactly what the hell you're doing so your marketing people don't fail when we try to take this shit out to market. So I, I love those exercises and they're so important. I can't tell you over the last 15 years of owning an ad agency how many times we've done branding workshops and really they're what you're talking about. It's just getting team alignment internally. So everyone's rowing in the same direction on the on the campaign and the initiatives. But I love how you're doing it from a value standpoint, not just a campaign standpoint. We've tried to do that too. But in today's day and age, you have to care. And especially in more service-based businesses, it, it's, I think, even more important. And everyone I've talked to that's been successful is, has done some sort of internal buy-in exercise for what they're doing. And, and then the savings in from a marketing standpoint and branding standpoint, because we're all trying to now hire people and get people to work with us and work for us and hire us. And they all should be aligned. And I think it's a big missed opportunity when HR is fighting their battle to get people and then marketing is fighting their battle to get customers when really it should be a co-created effort and campaign that's bought in internally and then rolled out and everyone's excited about it and the biggest missed opportunity is is getting that alignment rolling in before you roll out so i love how you've of course you know you, <laughs> you take it to the next level like always you're like you're in austin and you're doing your your retreat, which, which you're great at. And then you have a, a process and, and some tech-enabled partners. So that, that's awesome. Talk to me before we go a little bit on this. I don't even know if you want to talk about the 3.0 stuff, but I, I just think it's fascinating. So how the hell did you get into this? And has it been helping your business? And then you have your personal brand. And I just think like, I'll tell a quick story. is an agency guy that I, I merged with in, in Las Vegas... He had a 3.0 kind of exercise down in Mexico. I know Chip Conley and a lot of people in in your kind of network down there have gotten really good at this. And it changed his life, like how he treats people and employees and clients. Like he's he's a reborn person. And I think a lot of people in that 3.0 phase of their life, I've met a ton of people who, you know, whether they sell a business or some big life event happens, like kind of this uh, reset and you've been involved in a lot of these. And now we're like, people are asking all over the world to do these things. Like, can you, how the hell did you get into this? What is it? (laughs) like uh, I'd love love to talk about this for a second because I think it's freaking cool.
2: You know, again, it was on my personal journey. Uh, I I tend to like frameworks, right? I wanted to understand my life. So I came up with this framework, life in three phases, 1.0, is when we get our sense of identity. Usually when we're younger, not always, but when we're younger, we're like, am I the athlete? Am I the introvert? Am I the musician? Am I the funny guy? Am I the academic? And that's our sense of identity. And then we start our field of study, we start our careers, we maybe get married, we start a company. That's a phase of 2.0, which is responsibility. So in 2.0, your head's down, you're raising kids, you're going to work, you're trying to boost yourself in your career, you're trying to maybe grow your company. And there comes a time when a lot of people, start to go, wow, I've achieved a lot of what I wanted to professionally. My kids are starting to become more independent. I've made a little bit of money. And I start to think about 3.0, which is the phase of freedom. And we deal with a lot of executives. And a lot of executives, even though when they know they're ready to go to 3.0, they get stuck at 2.8, 2.9, because so much of their identity is still caught up in, well, I'm a CEO and I'm a business guy or business gal, and this is what I do. So we've created a program to help people take that leap from 2.8 into 3.0. And 3.0, this phase of freedom, is about that bucket list trip to Bali you've always wanted to take in. It's about that art class you're always curious about. It's about learning to play guitar. It's about rekindling with your wife. It's maybe pursuing your spiritual life or you know reconnecting with a long-lost friend. And a lot of people know that's ahead, and they don't know how to get there. They don't know how to thrive once they are there. And so we've created programs to help people design and ignite into their life 3.0 vision. I have one coming up in, in a week where I have 30 people from around the world coming down to Mexico at the Modern Elder Academy. And we've curated an incredible experience where we're going to help these people design that chapter of their life. And they're going to show up as strangers from each other around the world. And they're going to leave as brothers and sisters totally bonded and supporting each other. It's been truly magical work. It's work that I love doing. And you know, now it's something that really has taken off. We've got waiting lists from around the world uh, to attend these events. And so how do we incorporate this into Mission Wealth? Like That's the challenge, right? This has been my own personal passion. And so now we're creating programs in our inspired living services within Mission Wealth where we bring in speakers like Chip Conley and Dan Butner on longevity. We are doing these live events and virtual events for clients, helping them also co-create together support systems to help them have wisdom as a transition to the next stage of life. Because at the end of the day, we're all going through transitions and people in professional services need to be experts at transitions. So how can we be experts at transitions? Because we've seen hundreds, if not thousands of clients go through these transitions, but yet when someone retires, when someone empty nests, that's the first time they've ever done it. So bringing support and resource to people going through transitions is really what this whole Life 3.0 is about. It's really about helping people step into retirement And maybe they are still working, but come up with their next act in life. People always like to be excited about what's next, something to light them up again.
1: That's really cool. And finding, I really think for me, maybe a lot of other people is where your passion goes, a lot of times there's a product, right? And I think that's kind of what I heard from you is how you kind of yourself kind of went through wanting to kind of understand kind of your life phases. And then all of a sudden, now you're in this guru group and enjoying it. And then, and then you created something to add value into your company for your shareholders and partners that also was kind of part of your passion. And I love that. I, and I think for founders, that's such a big thing. Uh, the other, I think, side insight that I took away that I do want to say is, and I have found this myself, is anytime I've had like a, a really life-changing experience trip, I've developed relationships faster and deeper than anything else over decades. So I've definitely been one to take a chance on a trip. And I've, I've actually taken professionally at times some, some criticism <laughs> for some trips that I've taken. But the lifelong deep relationships that I have for those has absolutely created value for my business and I think it's a big missed opportunity for people because at the end of the day, relationships are everything. Are everything, 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 and they drive value for our business. Um, I think t- at times, as an entrepreneur, we get confused sometimes about our personal and business life. They're all kind of one big melting pot. Um, but you know, like when I went to Nepal on a mission trip, there's people there that changed my life, and I still talk to you this to this day. The Israel trip that I took. The heli skiing trip I took to Alaska. Like, there's just, I don't know. I, I think people out there, if you have a chance to go on like some sort of life changing experiment, experiential trip that will change your life, and there's great people that are doing some amazing things, those relationships always come in handy. And I do think there is a business application bridge to be had. So, it's, that's, that's really interesting that that is how that happened for you as a kind of a personal passion experience. And then it built as a major thing into your company. What would you say in, in some of these trips, like are some maybe insight from people that have come after these trips or any maybe words of wisdom for our audience that you've seen in, in these trips? I mean, Chip Conley, you mentioned his name. He he was a big part of Airbnb, getting that going. I'm a big fan of Chip. I know he's been involved in, in these kinds of trips as well. So it doesn't have to be necessarily a marketing application, but any insights that kind of have blown you away
2: from some of these experiential kind of uh, trips and processes? So I would say, you know, as marketers and as leaders, we're tasked with being visionaries. We need to be innovating, seeing where our companies are going, seeing what our future customer needs will be and anticipating those needs, anticipating the changing mar- you know, landscape of our industry. And yet, if we live in the same four walls and we hang out with the same six people, it's hard to have that renewed perspective. So by putting ourselves in new places with new people, doing new experiences, we expand our perspectives and we give ourselves the ability and the fertile environment from which to innovate and help create that new 2.0, 3.0 vision for our companies and for our marketing approach. So I would just say that putting ourselves in unfamiliar environments, that's part of having a growth mindset our last one of our recent inspired talks was Eduardo Braseno on growth mindset. And he talked about it brilliantly: how critical it is in life to maintain a growth mindset, which means willingness to fail, willingness to try new things, following the breadcrumbs of curiosity in life and going there. I just took a ceramics class. I'm a financial guy. I took a ceramics class. I've always wanted to try it. I was, it was one night a week. It was super fun. And I met really interesting people and it you know shaped a different perspective in my life. So being able to put yourself in the unfamiliar and expanding your people that you are influenced by and the places where you can go to be influenced differently by different cultures, that will help your brand and your company expand.
1: 100%. And I think it it allows, I think for me, and what I'm hearing from you is it is it, it helps us understand the different diversity of, of humans, which if you understand that, then... Business and products and marketing all become kind of, I think, second nature. Like it's you're playing at a different game, and you know certainly the marketing classes have their place, and learning the game has its place. But kind of the the next phase, the next ninja phase of business, I think, is what you're talking about. And I love what you said about uh, having a growth mindset and going on trips and surrounding yourself with other people that have a growth mindset. That's what I love about YPO and that's why it's been really helpful for me. And you know, maybe there's not a lot of school people out there that learn in that way. And I think the best way to learn, at least for me too, is kind of just by osmosis, is kind of dropping yourself into a foreign country or a foreign experience or something that you're scared and getting through that with other people. And I think that's why 12-step groups and other people that are really battling addictions and other things, why the group aspect is really what people who have studied different methods think works the best. Um, not just individual therapy, but these these group-like experiences because you learn so much from other people. And uh, I can see why you've taken that and built really a business around it. And that's definitely inspired me. And I'm glad we had you on. And I think uh, people will be able to take a lot of nuggets. I mean, man, if you're in financial services, I mean, what a guy to connect with and to learn from. Definitely check out his, his personal site and what he's doing. Any inspired living people out there, anybody at 2.8 or 9... Definitely would encourage them to look at some of the 3.0 content and things that you're curating. But uh, again, we want to keep these at, at the right time. And thank you to to Seth. We're going to wrap up the rebrand podcast. Uh, Seth, founder and chief impact officer at of Mission Wealth. We got some nuggets, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end there, man. That was great, dude. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to the podcast, we're going to give you a cheat sheet. Just head over to rebrandpod.com. We'll have all the summaries of our episode and contact information for our guests. Of course, you can uh, subscribe to our newsletter. And if you have a dope marketing campaign, if you're doing something special in any industry, we want to hear about it. We're getting a ton of applications and we want the best of the best to talk about their most impactful marketing campaign. So apply to be a guest speaker. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at rebrandpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all the good stuff. You can probably more easily find me uh SharkyAZ on Twitter, also on, you know, all the good stuff. You can find me anywhere, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Again, hit that subscribe button. I think I just checked the other day we're almost Four thousand subscribers in less than about a month and a half. So we have some good guests, and they're providing some some really really good nuggets. Uh, so subscribe because then it's right there. I subscribed to all my favorites. I've got how I built this. I've got of course the daily. I mean all the all the best stuff. So hit that subscribe button. and We'll be right back next business day. But we're going to wrap it up. Uh, but remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.